Why don't you make your way to Luke chapter 2. Um, we're just going to be doing a brief devotional thought, um, being that this is a family Ohana style service, right? And we know that Keiki's attention spans is not the greatest, and so, uh, but we are glad to have you in here, Keiki. Uh, we're also glad to have those of you visiting, whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, we are really excited to have you here, and uh, we'll see you next Easter, but we'd love for you to come next Sunday. Uh, love for you to come next Sunday. I love ya, love ya. No, really, we do. Um, it's a bad, bad joke. Um, but seriously, you're welcome here. Uh, we get a chance to hear oh, the work of God doing um, in so many people's lives. And the reason we open up the Bible is because this book changes people. Jesus is a Savior. And uh, we're going to look at that here with one interesting story from Luke chapter 2. And we're going to pick it up in verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed him and said, Now, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And and his father and his mother marveled at what was being said about him. If you haven't been with us the last couple of Sundays, we've been doing a mini-series on Advent, which we've been looking at the expectant coming and arrival of Jesus. And as we've talked about this sermon series, we've, we've looked at the promise of a Savior, that God had to promise you and me a Savior because we are sinners in need of salvation. A promise that God made, by the way, back in Eden. That intermingled with the curse toward humanity because of their sin, God at the same time also made a blessing and He promised that He is going to send a Savior to crush the head of the serpent. The promise of a Savior was made and then this morning we looked at the Savior's promise. That it wasn't just an abstract promise of some random person crushing the head of a serpent. But God animated that this child would be a son given to us. And this son was going to pierce the darkness. Jesus' light is the life and the light of men. His rule will never end. He will undo what Satan did in the Garden of Eden and call us into eternal life with him. What then is the response of someone who understands why we need a Savior, and what this Savior promises. What is the proper response when we understand we need salvation and we see the promises the Savior makes? Well, the only proper response is worship. The only proper response is praise. And here in Luke, we are introduced to this man named Simeon. He loved God, he was a righteous man, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 26, we read that it had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not 
see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. What an incredible vision. Hey, Simeon, you're old. You're going to die. But before you die, you're going to see the Lord's Christ. Pretty interesting promise that he receives here from the Lord. And in verse 27, he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Here Simeon receives a special revelation from God the Holy Spirit that the Christ was going to come into the temple and Simeon was the one eagerly waiting in anticipation. He was excited. He could not wait to be the one to dedicate this gift that God was going to give to his people. In fact, Simeon was like a lot of you kids that are in here, right? When you see the Christmas presents put beneath the tree, you get excited, right? You're excited about those gifts. You shake those gifts. You smell those gifts. You ask your mom and your dad, can we open the gifts now? Can we open up the gifts now? And the same response, the same answer is always given, right? You have to wait till when? Christmas, exactly. You got to wait till Christmas. You can't open them up yet because you're excited to receive this gift. You cannot wait to open this gift. And here is Simeon knows that a great gift is coming for him and he can hardly wait. He is excited. And so it's time. Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus, their child, the promised Savior, the one from ancient of days, and they bring Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. And Simeon, he spots them. And he runs up to them and tells them, hey, God gave me this revelation that I am the one to anoint and to dedicate this Christ in the temple for the Lord's service. This is the reason he's been waiting to die, but God's final promise to this man was that he was going to see Jesus. And you guys, what's incredible is that in this elderly man's arms is Emmanuel. This weak and frail man is holding the sovereign king of the universe who holds all things together by the power of his word. God is with us. God with us, Emmanuel. And Simeon realizes that. And it's important to understand that it is Emmanuel, God with us, because God became a man so we could be with God. But man, just so you know, can never become God. As Christians, we are not pantheists. We do not worship creation, that creation has evidences of God, and that we ourselves, if we enter into that form of worship, we ourselves can become God. We can never become God. But the lie of every false religion, the lie from Satan himself, goes back to Eden when Satan told Eve, hey Eve, if you partake of this fruit, you can become like God. We cannot become God we can never be God. There is only one God who eternally exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Christmas time is about God celebrating himself, humbling himself to become a man in and through Christ Jesus. Think about what God had to go through for you and for me. He had to leave heaven for a feeding trough on earth to win you and me over to himself. What does that say about you and me? We could never elevate. We could never lift ourselves up. We can never earn our way to earn 
God's favor. He must come and save us. Emmanuel must be here. No religion, no efforts, nothing you can do on your own, no matter how much you read the Bible, no matter how spiritual you are, or no matter what type, you need Emmanuel. You and I, we need Jesus. In fact, this is why Jesus is our Savior, because we can never save ourselves. And so Simeon, holding this with his frail arms, this child, God become a man, he realizes there is no greater gift than he could receive. And I'm here to tell you this evening for Christmas, there is no greater gift under the tree that you will ever receive. No promotion, no toy for children and for adults, right? Dads, toys, calling you out, that can promise you what only Jesus can give you. There's no greater gift than Jesus. And in verse 28, he took up his arms and blessed God. Lord, he sings in the song. He breaks out in a musical. Some of you aren't into musicals, but this kind of goes musical here on us. You are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people and a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. I've held many babies in my day, uh, my, my own boys included when they were born. I've held friends' babies, some cute babies, some babies not so cute, just saying. Some of them look like extraterrestrial when they're born, just the way. But never, no matter how cute or interesting the, that child is, I've never in my wildest dreams imagined worshiping that baby. And looking at that baby in the eyes and saying, Behold, salvation is here. Yet, Simeon is worshiping God. He is calling out to his Lord while holding baby Jesus. And he says, looking at the baby Jesus, he says, My eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon, looking at this baby, says, Jesus, as a baby is my salvation. I wonder if some of us looking at the infant baby Jesus would have enough faith, would have the revelation from God to say, this baby is my salvation. Simeon does. Simeon cries out to him. When he uses this word Lord in verse 29, some of your Bibles even say sovereign Lord, that this baby is in fact God in the flesh. And filled with the Holy Spirit, Simeon declares that Jesus is for all people in verse 32 and verse 31. He is for all people. Because Jesus is the light and the revelation for the Jews and for the Gentiles. Jesus is for all people. Jesus is for you this evening. He's for you. If you're young, if you're cakey, or if you're old, Jesus came to save you. If you're rich or poor, popular, not popular, or somewhere in between, local, hapa, Canadian snowbird flying in for vacation. We're glad you're here. Jesus is for you. Jesus is a savior for all peoples. In fact, that's why he came. His salvation was never meant to be for one people, Israel, but his salvation is extended to all peoples. And Jesus came to save you from your sin. And even as a baby, that's what we celebrate. God is our salvation. God, Jesus, this baby is your salvation. 
And when Simeon sees the salvation of Jesus, the promise God has given him, he cannot help but worship and sing. Can't help it. Guys, the natural overflow of someone experienced deliverance and relief is praise. It's inevitable. Now, some of you might be thinking, worship's not my thing, Travis. Here's the deal. It's just not my thing. I'm not a singer. I'm not really a worshiper. I don't really herald or praise anything. Okay, let's have a conversation right now. You and me. When your team is in the fourth quarter and your guy running in spandex carrying a pigskin runs across the line and scores a touchdown in the dying seconds and you stand up, what is that? You stand up, you scream, you stop. You're, you're praising. You worship. You're, you're praising. When you hear that one song in your car, it's your jam. I mean, it's your jam. Like when you hear it, you just like sing to the top of the lungs. You can't help it. But in some form or another, you're entering into a means of praising and singing and celebrating. When you believe that one product you drop some money on will give you what you desired, you believe that that product is going to give you what you hope for. A product is going to deliver you. That product is an object of your worship that you are expecting will deliver you in some way or another. No one can say this evening they are not a worshiper. You cannot say you're not a worshiper. We are all incurable worshipers. We will find something to worship whether we realize it or not. Simeon worships Jesus because he could not go on in life or death without meeting Jesus. Jesus was something Simeon could not live without. What is something this evening you cannot live without? What gets you up in the morning? What keeps you excited and awake at night? What is something you want so bad you cannot live without? You devote your life to, you lay yourself down as a living sacrifice for, whatever that thing or person is, that is what you worship. Saved people sing to their Savior. They celebrate, they herald, they praise Jesus. That's what Simeon does. In fact, look at the response of Mary and Joseph in verse 33. As all this goes down, and you would be shocked too, some random old guy comes up, grabs your baby, lifts him up, dedicates him like Simba from the Lion King in the temple, and you're just like, okay, what is happening right now? And this man is worshiping my baby as the Savior. You're going to wonder what's going on too, but look at verse 33. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Those who experience the advent of Jesus will marvel at him and will worship him. This song is a song sung by Simeon, is a song sung by many others. The melody of the Bible is one song. Did you know that? This is a song that God saves and his people sing. If I could sum up the Bible, if I could sum up what eternity will look like, eternity for you and me will be God saves and we worship and we celebrate Him. In the Bible, Moses, Miriam, Deborah, 
David all sing songs of praise. The New Testament is full of hymns and singing songs of praise to Jesus. And when Mary hears she will carry the Son of God, she sings a song of praise known as Mary's song. And then, of course, here we have Simeon's song. Everyone, when they experience the salvation of Jesus, has a song to sing. And so I want to ask you this evening as we close this Devo and this thought, what is your personal anthem? What is your song? Is Simeon's song your song? Is Jesus part of your anthem and your song? Sing about his amazing works. Sing about his advent. Sing about his salvation through the cross and through the resurrection. For David says in Psalm 30. Verse 1 I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually on my lips. Sing now, sing later, and sing always. For our Jesus on Christmas and every day after is worthy to be praised. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, you are worthy to be praised. May you be our anthem, Jesus. May you be our song, the only proper response that you make a promise, that you deliver a promise, and that your promise comes with blessings through your son, Jesus, who is our Savior, can only result in the overflow of our hearts that we are thankful and we celebrate you, Jesus. We love you. May you be our song. And for those in here this evening, who've heard this word, who maybe don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, confess and believe in his name. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin, that he took your punishment, and that he is a better God than you are over your own life. And that you need him. Because there is not a soul in this room, on this Christmas evening worship gathering, that does not need Jesus. You confess, you believe, and his light will shine in the darkness of your heart and he will save you. And for the rest of us, Lord, may we recover the awe of our worship, Lord. May we center our lives upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.